0: Hi everyone, this is John Janik, the Chief Technologist at Dev Technology Group, welcoming you to another DevCast. I'm excited to bring you some really interesting things to talk about today. I've got a special guest that's absolutely incredible, and I'm really looking forward to talking with her. I'd like to take a few moments to introduce Marissa Roinstead, who is a technical project manager over at the IRS. Now, Marissa, you work in the enterprise- digitalization office, which is really fancy word for what? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and how you got there? Because I think that's a really fascinating journey. And IRS, especially right now, is going through such a big transformation that I think it's a really interesting thing to kind of think about and talk about from a federal service perspective as well. So I want to welcome to DefCast and give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself and a little bit of what you do there.
1: Thank you so much, John. It is really an honor and an excitement to be here with you. And uh, digitalization doesn't really roll off the tongue. So I guarantee we'll stumble over that word one or two times. But again, thanks for having me. I'm proud to say that I've been a government employee for 23 years. And honestly, if you would have told me three years ago that I was going to manage a scanning project at the IRS, I would have chuckled. I came to the IRS in December 2019 from the General Services Administration Office of Inspector General. There, I oversaw internal audits related to real property, information technology, and finance. In doing so, I oversaw audits related to federal spending transparency. Think of data you would see on PDSNG or related to the Data Act. That work, fortunately for me, brought me to the IRS, where I first served as a project manager of an office of the chief procurement officer's work on robotics process automation related to that federal spending data. That incredible project was my first opportunity to work on a pilot IRS contract. Pilot IRS is a contract procurement mechanism that we use in enterprise digitalization, as well as my first interaction with industry partners, and it was great to have that first exposure to industry. When the Enterprise Digitalization Office was stood up just three years ago, I was fortunate enough to bring this skill set over and apply it to the project that we call SCAS, which stands for Scanning as a service.
0: I want to dig into your background a little bit because you said you started out over at OIG at GSA which is a very different space, right? They do a lot of different things and you're an auditor coming to an agency that does audits, which in some ways makes sense except they're miles apart. So within the federal workforce, there are these things called skill codes, right? And Are you a a technology professional? Are you a project management professional? Because the government considers them a little bit differently. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. If you've had some of those kinds of conversations and what advice you might give for folks who are looking at, gee, I, I don't know what kind of role I want to be in the federal service. I don't know how I fit into that dialogue or where I need to be looking. How, a little bit about your kind of journey and where you've been and, and what you're focused on, if you're okay with that.
1: I love it. I wish you could see my face because I, I love the question. If you were to ask me if I am a technologist, I would say absolutely not. But here I am in this space. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in business administration and, and psychology. Again, not an eye background proper. But what the world of auditing taught me is the government has so many, can't even quantify them, different subject matters and and sub-subject matters. So many topics you can quickly try to learn and become a mini expert in, is how I used to describe auditing. And now I apply that to, to this technology arena, to the digitalization arena. I'll never be the person who's going to build an information technology system for you. I'm never going to be the person who will write code for you, but I can look at the project as a whole and ask those questions that move things along, bring that oversight that move things along. And I think what I would tell folks is really to not sell those skill sets short. I know I've done that to myself sometimes. Again, I don't have to be the one writing the code, but I can bring the business requirements from you know three or four different business partners to our IT partners and try to liaison between those groups to move a project forward. So really not selling yourself short um, in the myriad of experiences you bring because the government just touches everything. I mean, that sounds so cliche, but it it really does touch every subject area you could think of.
0: Ursa, I really appreciate that comment that you shouldn't sell yourself short. We talk, we've talked about soft skills on DevCast before, and they're not anything but soft, right? They're really core skills and the ability to know and uh, articulate, ask the right questions, seek collaborative clarification shoot for understanding. These are these are skills that are really critical because especially as a government, right? One of the most important things that you do is facilitate the delivery of services to the public. And that work requires you to interact with a lot of different people, right? So you you talked a little bit about the the two projects that you've run there at the IRS, most recent being scanning as a service. Just out of curiosity, can you tell us a little bit about how did you think about that network of people that you needed to work with in order to really improve the outcomes for the public? And we'll get into the project a little bit more, but I wanted to start with that like just kind of building on that journey. How did you come into it and say, "Okay, so here I am in this digitalization office that's relatively new and I've been asked to do this thing. And now I need to work with others to accomplish that. Because I do think the other thing that we see a lot in government is this you know, it's very easy to get trapped in a silo, right? And it's very difficult to reach out broadly, horizontally, but success requires it. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Oh, you couldn't be more correct. I mean, just hitting that nail right on the head. So many partners are essential for project success. Internal and external, both. Um, I would say the first thing we, we did, our team had to build and navigate numerous partnerships within the IRS to get the project up and running before we even came out to industry. Of course, we have uh, privacy concerns to address. Got to get those partners on board. Information technology concerns. Got to get those partners on board. Business, etc. Took a lot of time an effort from all of those partners to position us in a place where we could even reach out to industry. And then once we did, I think focusing on transparency with our industry partners, for me, is a critical lesson learned. Not, not that we didn't do it, but how important it is being the lesson learned. There will always be certain confidential information that government cannot share with industry. But frankly, there is far more information and honesty that can be shared. And I feel that full disclosure of the challenges either partner is facing, rather than pretending to have an answer set, allows industry partners to be part of the solution making, which is what we need them for. And Being human in all interactions, which are mainly virtual at this point, creates space for partners on either side of the fence to admit their mistakes, ask questions, and work toward uh, the common goal. So we've really tried to create as open and transparent an environment as we can to allow that information sharing, even when that information is, oh boy, I'm stuck. Can we brainstorm through this given problem?
0: Yeah, I think when you think about how long it takes to do a project in government, and I'm not talking, to, I know there's a lot of folks like, but well, that's why we need to shift to a product mentality. That's why we need to change how we're doing things and transform. And I agree with all of that. But it doesn't take away that there are processes in place that create incredibly long runways that can't be fixed with more rules, right? When you look at how long it takes to create budgets to support these activities, when you take a look at how much effort it takes to create the frameworks and collaborative conversations and even to attain the appropriate approvals within a large agency, it takes an enormous amount of effort just to get to that point where you're ready to engage with outside of the agency that's a really interesting observation and I 100% agree with it. The other thing that I thought was really impactful that you mentioned was this idea around transparency. And I've said for a long time that, and this sticks with me, one of the most successful engagements I've ever seen around kind of that transparent collaborative process was something USDS did a number of years ago with Brent Maravilla, where they did a co-design requirements discovery. Because you know the only rule in the the federal acquisitions that's like absolutely set in stone is that the government must be transparent in its communications where possible with you know competing firms. And so if you do the requirements discovery in the open with other companies in an open manner, then there's never any there's never any opportunity for somebody to gain advantage. Right. And the whole point of the process, the whole point of federal acquisition is to create opportunities for the public that are reasonable that are effective and that are measurable and that's just really hard to do when you don't have fluid communication between what's happening outside in the commercial market space and what's happening inside the agency with the internal business processes so i think you hit it on on the nail when, when you said transparency is so key to that process i want to use this as a as a good opportunity to transition into the actual project, because I think at this point, probably everybody's like, well, this is great, right? I'm not hearing anything necessarily new. This is all stuff that, that we talk about a lot, especially in our digitization and transformation circles, places where we're looking at applying technology to good effect. But what in this case were we actually doing? What did you work with others at the IRS to achieve for the public? So maybe that's a good introduction to the scanning as a service.
1: Absolutely. Let's jump into the the project details for sure. So Department of Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has emphasized on numerous occasions the importance of scanning to bring the IRS into the digital age. And you may have seen that earlier this month on a site visit in Virginia, she shared that in the first quarter of this year, the IRS has scanned 80 times more paper returns than in the entire year of 2022. We're nowhere near done yet. The Scanning as a Service project will help us more quickly create digital files that can be easily processed and securely accessed, getting us closer to that goal of becoming a digital-first organization. So SCAS is currently scanning paper from two main categories, and they're quite different. You wouldn't think piles of paper could be quite different, but they are. Uh, One is historic forms, and one is real-time. So historic documents have already been processed by the IRS, and they're retained in accordance with record retention requirements. For some documents, like the gift tax return, which is a form we're focused on, that retention period is decades long. Given that the IRS spends $40 million annually on paper storage costs, scanning and converting to digital storage is a significant cost saver. But in addition to cost savings, in the case of the gift tax return, we're also significantly improving the employee experience. Right now, an examiner has to submit a request for a paper copy of already processed gift tax return and wait weeks or months for someone to locate, pull, and provide them that return. But soon, under SCAS, examiners will be able to log into an information technology system and review the returns that have been scanned, truly having instant access to the information they need. In the real-time document arena, Scas is currently scanning and e-filing incoming employers' quarterly federal tax returns. So we're receiving a paper, employers' quarterly federal tax return, our contractors are converting that to digital and e-filing it. And that real-time processing gives the IRS more readily available digital data, which directly results in an improved taxpayer service. As we continue to implement uh, scanning as a service, the IRS will be able to extract required metadata elements and destroy paper copies. And of course, that's going to decrease annual storage and labor costs and increase access to digital data. Scanning these paper returns ultimately means faster processing, faster refunds for taxpayers, which is what we all want at the end of the day. So a lot going on there surrounding cost savings, improved employee experience, improved taxpayer experience, all related to getting that paper into digital form.
0: Yeah, I can see there being some huge benefits to the general public and to the corporate taxpayers. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because even though the United States is a voluntary tax system, right? The, the individual is required to voluntarily tell you all how much they made and how much and how much they're gonna pay you and how much they owe according to the code. The interesting thing is there if if there's a mistake in the calculation, the individual is also responsible for the interest <laughs> that accrues, right? So having that information made digitally means that there should be a reduction in error rates as well, and therefore a reduction in in those interest costs in addition to that. So I just see so many great things that can happen because of the application of this technology. and what's really fascinating, I wonder if you could talk about this a little bit, right? So scanning is a as a service. I think for a lot of folks, it's going to be like, well, wh- how, what happened? Why did this take so long? You know, it sounds like something that should have been done a long time ago. And and yet, as you pointed out, right, the, the agency is already spending $40 million a year in paper storage fees, which is just a mind-boggling amount. So I'd ask, like, what was the conversation? How was this identified? I mean, this feels like one of those things that, that was an obvious, like, this needs to be done because look at all the downstream benefits, but was that actually the conversation?
1: Great question. And I you know joke about that a lot. You, you say scanning paper and, and folks think, hey, we've been able to do that for a couple of decades. What we're doing is, of course, savvier than that, but very much to your point, John, had to work through... You know, change management, just the concept of ensuring that when we selected a contractor, we could then assess them to be secure enough from a cyber perspective, from a physical security perspective, from a privacy perspective, to be able to hold and use our material Takes time, took time, was a change management effort. So I would say the beginning portion of this project was really focused on that. And I remind myself a lot when some of the bureaucracy can seem a little thick, we're serving the citizen and you can very quickly and very easily put yourself right in your taxpaying citizen shoes. You want your material protected, I want my information protected. So you can very quickly see, okay, maybe the bureaucracy is is admittedly difficult to work with, but those controls, those processes, those policies, they're there for a reason. They're there to give the taxpaying citizen what they deserve. So that change management piece. Was much uh, larger and more complicated than, you know, putting the paper in the big scanner.
0: Yeah, you make it sound like not everybody was ready to jump on board. What, what did you find that there were archivists that wanted it to stay in paper? Were there people that are like, no, I like my paper? In fact, there's so not necessarily relevant to this discussion, but in general, right? It's been it's been proven that there are more people that enjoy the tactile feel of books over digital copy, right? So as you were going through this, this process and this change management, which is, which is in and of itself a process, how did that show up? Was it, was it in the sticking out to the ways of doing business? Was it the specific maybe technologies that were in place? Was it, you know, what, what were the things that you saw that were really interesting to you or that you didn't expect?
1: I think everyone, in theory, is on board with advancing, modernizing, digitizing, whatever word you want to put on, on that arena. I think, by and large, people truly see that as being the way forward, are in complete alignment with you know, our strategic plan and, and goals to do so. I think the how to get there is a little trickier, things that you might not think would be difficult but take a lot of buy-in. You mentioned earlier, you know, the approval process can be lengthy for a good reason, we need all that buy-in. So for example, the National Archives uh, and Records Administration, they set out the metadata fields, the data elements that you need to have an official record. Sounds real easy. Okay, great. Until you go and apply them. Form by form. Oh, okay. On the gift tax return, what do we want NARA Fields, we'll just call it number one, to to mean? What do we want hold? What do we want the answer to be? And ensuring that meets the business's need, but also IT's need and aligns with privacy regulations is a more complex ask than it might look like when you start. I think that's been my bigger takeaway. Questions that seem so simple in order to keep the whole machine moving are actually a little harder to answer. But I very much do think folks are on board and want to advance.
0: I really love that answer. I can't agree with it more because I 100% think that in general, you find an eagerness to move off of legacy systems, to move into more modern workflows and processes and utilize technology in the federal service to, to do things better, to deliver better product, to create more opportunities for the public and for the employees themselves. Right? It, it's, a, it's something that's good for the service delivery only is good for the, for the actual workforce that's delivering it. There's a, a mutually beneficial relationship there. I like to hear you say that because it just reinforces that idea. And I think it's also really important to highlight just how difficult it is to move the needle. I think there's a lot of folks outside organizations that just say, it's just so easy, just do it. And the reality is all large organizations share the same problems. The biggest difference is that when you go and look at a very large corporation, they don't have a right, a responsibility, a even a desire necessarily to be transparent with the public in the same way that government agencies are, right? A direct tie to the outcomes for the public. So in many ways, the entire public is a shareholder of the government because they all pay taxes, right? In some way, shape or form. And there's a relationship there that they expect and they want to see fulfilled. So I think that It's a really interesting question to me that when you think about those desires to move transformation forward, to move workflow and processes forward, that you actually have the ability to think through what that looks like and work together to achieve it. understanding that anytime, you know, it's hard enough to get three people to decide on where to go to dinner, right? So, and
1: yes, yes, you know.
0: When, when you're trying to get everybody to, together to figure out how do we move forward in a meaningful way to establish a record that has to be kept for decades? And I don't think a lot of folks have a real good sense of that, right? I, I mean, people look at like their social security number or something like that, and they're like, eh, it's, it's there, it's in my pocket. But social security numbers last forever, right? Your tax records last a really long time. So I think it's important to think about those things in context.
1: Absolutely. What do they say, you know, public service is a public trust. Again, sounds so cliche at this point, couldn't be more spot on. The the citizen is owed protection of their information. And we have to adhere to that first and innovate around that. And not in a bad way, just layer that innovation, not around as in get around, but layer that innovation into the policies and procedures and controls that we need to also ensure that protection.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the beneficial outcomes that the project is really driving for with. And again, the fact that 80 times the amount of output has been created as opposed to previous years is really startling, right? And I think that's the other, you mentioned earlier, it's not like IRS didn't have scanning capability, right? I'm sure you all have had scanners as long as scanners have been a thing. That wasn't the point. The point is that you have fully integrated it with the workflow and able to do it at scale with velocity. And that is such a hard thing to do, not just from the technical perspective, but also just from the business perspective. So You've really made a success of it. I want to say congratulations on that. I want to talk a little bit about the efficiency part of it, too, because I'm sure when you think about how do we, you know, you said one of the lines of effort is turning all of this stored paper in in a cave somewhere into usable data that can be recorded and kept safely online, that's presumably in a secure data center somewhere. Are you hoping to see efficiencies out of that, not just from the workflow, but from a cost perspective? How are you all thinking about that part of the transformation?
1: Absolutely. And I would say for, you know, SCAS, particularly because that's really where my focus is, we've demonstrated the proof of here, for lack of a better term. Does this work? Is this even doable? And I think we can most uh, assuredly say yes. As we scale, it will be wonderful to start to collect more data points, you know, for return on investment, to evaluate return on investment, to compare the digital storage costs with the paper. We know it is going to be exponentially lower. I can't wait to see how much lower. I wouldn't say we're there yet because, again, it's demonstrating that successful proof of concept and now will grow, but I can't wait to see those numbers play out in the near
0: term. So I have a big question to ask. You've had, you've had multiple successful runs at really moving the needle in a meaningful way at IRS. What's next, right? What, what's, on your, what's on your desire path that you're thinking, like, you know what would be really great to do this, and, and, and you don't necessarily have to talk about the agency specifically, but I'm more interested, Marissa, in, in like what are you thinking about when you look across the landscape and think to yourself, hey, this is, this is what's next. I know the digitalization office is doing a ton of work in this space. There's a new transformation office that's being stood up, right? You all have a new CIO. There's just a bunch of energy and using technology to advance the mission there problems are you seeing in the in the workspace that are like you know what this is this is going to be one of those things that is going to require kind of a a thoughtful calculated approach that we're going to have to bring people together and think things through differently
1: you know what i'm really looking forward to talking to some subject matter experts i've had no interaction with before and what i mean by that is just diving into a new topic I didn't know a thing about the gift tax return two years ago. I didn't know the form number for the gift tax return. I couldn't have told you anything about it. It's only in working with those subject matter experts, the people that do this tax examination, the actual tax administration, that you learn where there even is a problem because I can't see it because I'm not the doer. So I'm really looking forward to, it might seem like a non-answer, but I promise it's not, (laughs) talking to those subject matter experts and getting that next use case, the next place where someone who is an incredible expert in their field sees a problem, and then we start to innovate around that. And you alluded to the transformation office being uh, stood up or, or growing, I should say, And that's extremely exciting, more space to innovate. That's all you hear from our leaders, innovate, 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 which is the best message you could get. So really, for me, diving in with some new subject matter experts, identifying the next use cases we can sink our teeth into, and then doing it. Because I think we've shown giving it a shot and just moving that needle. I love how you said that little by little by little by little, adds up to very significant change.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I love hearing you say, you know, the answer is to talk to more folks who do the business. And that's always the answer. Technologists are always empowered when they work closely and collaboratively with the people actually performing the business functions because you gain insights, you gain knowledge, you gain perspectives and opinions that you never would have otherwise had. The more closely coupled those two things are, the more interesting and, and really effective the outcomes are as well. So there you go, folks. If you're at IRS today and you're a Fed, you need to reach out to Marissa because she wants to talk. With you. I think that's I love a great it. message.
1: I love it, Jen. I love it. And it loops back to what we were talking about earlier with what's your skill set again, my skill set is not doing the tax examining, but let me reach out, bring those folks together, ask some questions, pull out some ideas from their brains. That's the way to go. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure everybody has, you know, I was just giving a talk earlier about some of this stuff and we were talking about like how to integrate AI into workflows and where does the technology actually play best and, it really is one of those things where you, you have to know, A, you can't boil the ocean, and B, you really have to know where in a specific workflow you have a specific pain point that you would really like to resolve. Again, it's it's all about fidelity and narrow, narrowing the use case. And I, and I am relentless in like, get the use case smaller, narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down, because the more discrete the actual solution set is, the more likely, especially in the government context, you are to be able to find success with it. The challenge is, the the juxtaposition is, boiling the ocean is alluring, right? It is, and, and and I realize that's a cliche, but it's very cool to be able to envision a future to be state where everything is different and better and automated. The reality is that you have to take those little steps to see the big changes that you want. And there is no shortcut. Hard work is the only answer to navigating that path. And I think Marissa, the work you're doing there is amazing. It's a really good exemplar of that collaboration between the public sector and the private sector to benefit the public. I wanna thank you for everything you do for the public I know as a taxpayer myself, I appreciate people like you being there and helping to move the needle. It means so much to me and I'm sure others as well.
1: I thank you so much, John, for the opportunity to chat and all you do on bringing government and and industry together. Just really thankful for for the opportunity in, in the conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Marissa, we're gonna to have to have you back on in, in another few months to see where you're at with scanning as a service over at IRS. Thanks so much for joining us today. I wanna to thank all of our listeners and everybody who's been involved or you know currently advocating for us. DevCast is here for you to help answer the questions and have the conversations that you want in the government technical space. So if you have anything, if you have ideas, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, now called X, talk about transformation, and uh, we'll be around. Thanks for joining us on this DevCast, and see you next time.